It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www. Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912 268 2328. 912 268 2328. Today's show is also being brought to us in part uh, by our 24 hour, seven day a week television channel. That's right, check it out on GinecoUSA.com. You can get it uh, through all the major streaming services, so uh, Roku, etc. So check it out, sign up today. It's for free, Gineco USA. Dot com. Great stuff on that channel, by the way. Not just replays of this show. A lot of special events and gigs we've done, like the Vegas events, uh, which uh, will be uh, uploaded to that uh, this week. So check that out. Also, today's show is being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, if you want to match up uh, champions of today with champions of yesteryear, uh, get yourself a copy. Just click the uh, banner up on the website. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching or listening to this very show. Uh, just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Or if you want a signed copy, just visit billycboxing.com uh, or drop me an email, billy at talking. Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. All right, man. Well, listen, we've got a busy show scheduled for you today. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about the post-Canelo Kovalev fight. Uh, some post thoughts from myself and the rest of the gang. Um, we were there, Las Vegas. Uh, Alex and I did uh, uh, some uh, sp- a couple of specials. Well, it's actually one long special, but we broke it into three parts if you haven't had a chance to watch it uh, make sure you do it's up on youtube right now uh, go to our youtube channel youtube.com uh, slash talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g.com and speaking of which today i feel like giving stuff away i have an official uh canelo kovalev press kit uh that was handed out uh for uh for that event including the final uh, bout sheets and all the information about all the fighters. I want to combine this with a Talking Boxing with Billy C t-shirt and and a copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Now you say, how can I get my grubby paws on that great three-part package? Easy. Give us the highest super chat uh, or uh, the highest donation and it's kind of like an auction and you get it. Now, Here's one little thing, though. I know we have people watching and listening live, but we also get a lot of people that uh, listen via uh, podcasts and radio and TV and, of course, 
uh, on demand or through YouTube. So I'm going to do one week. So you can either email me your, your pledge, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. You can do it now live through a super chat uh, or, or you can uh, send it to us through PayPal. Just drop me an email. And the biggest uh, donation will get the, uh, the prize. I don't know. Am I talking about it? It's like an auction. I, guess. I don't know what it is. If you want it, you got it. Three things. The official press kit, the T-shirt, and a title about championship computer game. All right. Well, let's get going. Um, Canelo, Kovalev, great fight for uh, Kovalev's uh, uh, light heavyweight title. Uh, at the end, uh, Canelo won the fight. Not only did he win it, uh, but he knocked Kovalev out, uh, which uh, was an impressive fight. Listen, I liked the fight. All right. Uh, I thought it was a great fight. Most people I talked to liked it as well. Um, if you were uh, Canelo improved to 53 wins, one loss and two draws, uh, knocking Kovalev out in the 11th round. Uh, Kovalev drops uh, his fourth fight of his career. He's now 34 wins, four losses and a draw. Two of his losses coming at the hands of Andre Ward and uh, now one uh, coming at the hands of uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, and the other uh, elder Alvarez. He, he doesn't do well against Alvarez. Um, after the fight, uh, Canelo said, uh, I want to thank everybody. I'm happy with this victory. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough fight, and we came out with the victory. Kovalev said, I didn't recover. You know, I was tired after the sixth round because my last fight was close to this one, but it's okay. It's a new experience. Canelo's a great champion, etc., uh, etc. Et Some official quotes uh, that were given. Uh, Canelo Alvarez said, uh, you know, uh, this is just a step in my career, in my history. And all I ask of you, the fans, is to be patient because Canelo will definitely be making history. That's a guarantee. The plan overall was being patient. Not basically it. Uh, we had to have patience in this fight. We knew it was going to be five, six rounds. and It was going to take some time for me to get him. But honestly, he's a great fighter. Uh, I'm new at this weight. This is I'm new in this division. Much credit to him. He's a great fighter, but we stuck to our game plan. It was a little delayed, a little bit, uh, but it was successful. Uh, he goes on to say uh, uh, it was a close fight. Uh, he was defensive. He was uh, closing up his guard. All he was doing was trying to establish points, but we knew what was coming. Uh, after this, uh, the plan was to go down to 160, maybe 165. But why not? Maybe 175 again. We'll have to see what happens. We have to do what's best for us. Uh, when asked, of course, about Triple G, he says, it's not a challenge to me. We fought 24 rounds and I beat him. It's really not a challenge for me, but if it represents good business, why not? Um, by the way, most people feel he lost the fights, the first fight. So uh, Kovalev, he complained about being tired after the sixth round, said it was too close to his other fight. Uh, but uh, uh, he felt that uh, he knows he could be a unified champion again. Let's make a unification fight. No one wants to fight me. Uh, this guy was fresh. He came into my division fresh. He has more stamina, but it was a good experience for me. What does it all mean? I don't know. When we talked with Kathy Duva, she said that he was already um, planning on continuing his career, whether he... Um, stayed in that uh whether he whether he won or lost he was going to stay fighting after she left I, I turned to alex and i said 
right there, I'm telling you. I, I, and, I, and I went to the booth and I uh, put some money on uh, Canelo to win. Actually, Alex put, some, Alex put some money on Canelo to win too. And he did it even better. Won more than me. But the way I had it uh, going into the, into the score by the time, the way I had it on my scorecard going into uh, by the time the fight was stopped, uh, I gave the first round to Kovalev. I gave the second round to Canelo. Uh, but I gave the next three to Kovalev. I gave rounds three, four, and five to Kovalev. Uh, round six and seven to Canelo. Round eight to Kovalev. Round nine to Canelo. Round 10 to Kovalev. And then round 11 was uh, was like the round that Canelo just woke up and uh, ended up winning by a knockout at two minutes and 15 seconds uh, to give him the win. Um, some interesting stats. Um, you know, that we have uh, courtesy of BoxStat. You can get to them on our website. Um, as far as punches thrown, Kovalev threw more. Uh, 958 to Canelo Alvarez's 306. Uh, as far as uh, punches landed, uh, Kovalev landed more. 209 uh, to Alvarez's 147. Um, but the accuracy of the punches... Uh, where's the difference? After all those punches and even landing, Kovalev's accuracy was 22% versus uh, Alvarez's 48%. Um, makes a big difference uh, in the fight. I said leading into the fight that I felt that Kovalev needed to establish his jab, uh, establish the distance. Uh, he did that, and then he seemingly uh, ran out of gas, and uh, Canelo put the, put the pedal to the metal, so to speak. And won the fight. Some other fights on that card. Ryan Garcia uh, won by a uh, first round knockout. One minute and 38 seconds over uh, Romero Duno. And I put money on Duno. I, I thought that this was going to be a big uh, test for Ryan Garcia. And boy was I wrong. Um, in a great female fight. Uh, Sencisa Estrada uh, won by a technical decision. They thought it was a TKO at the end of the ninth. The cut that uh, uh, Marlon Esparza had was was just vicious. And um, at the end of the day, they went to the scorecards, 90-81, All three judges giving it to Estrada. Uh, Marlon Esparza was, uh, showed a lot of heart in this fight. You know, amazing. You know, I see her in the way, and she comes in, and she's like this. Wow. <laughs> You know, uh, in high heels, she just looked like she should be uh, going down, uh, uh, you know, the runway, so to speak. And then fight night, she just looked like uh, she was ready to do take care of business. But so was Estrada. Estrada was much smaller. But what a great fight. Now, after that fight, in case you didn't notice, that fight was three-minute rounds. And uh, uh, Suleiman, uh, Mauricio Suleiman, was, uh, you know, was really criticizing um, the... Uh, um, the commission and the WBA for letting it be three minutes. But I got to tell you, every female fighter I've ever talked to wants to fight three minutes. So, I, you know, I don't know what Suleiman is talking about. Another fight, Blair the Flair Cobbs. If you missed the interview, it's on part one of our Vegas trip. Check it out. He improved uh, to 13-0 and uh, with one draw when he stopped his opponent uh, via uh, a sixth-round Knockout. It was actually between sixth and seventh rounds. Um, he had dropped um, uh, Ortiz down in the sixth. He himself was down in the first. 
Uh, that's a kid to keep an eye on. Uh, Evan Holyfield made his pro debut and won in 16 seconds, stopping Nick Winstead. Uh, and then uh, there was a couple other good fights on that card. Uh, so uh, that was that. Uh, at the end, you know, they interviewed Bivol. He says, I can beat Canelo. I, that's the fight I would like to see. You know, if Canelo's not going to fight Triple G, and quite honestly, Triple G is is not the same Triple G. Um, you know, I, I would like to see him fight Bivol. Uh, that's the fight, uh, in my opinion. Um, that would be the fight that uh, that I would be interested in seeing. Bivol is not a big, light heavyweight. Kovalev was. You know, Kovalev is a, a big heavyweight, I should say. Not was, but he is. And, uh, you know, Canelo beat him. He looked very uh, comfortable uh, at that weight. Uh, I, I can't see why he would want to uh, go back down, to be honest with you. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, I think that he looks uh, uh, good at light heavyweight. And Bivol is, is a smaller guy. And I think uh, Bivol uh, would be the great fight. Uh, let's see uh, uh, Canelo beat uh, a young light heavyweight. And Dimitri Bivol, I think it would be an even fight, and uh, I would love to see it. That's for sure. Uh, and uh, uh, we can uh, uh, we could check that out. But uh, anyway, it was a great fight. It was a great time in Vegas, and uh, you know I, I just want to thank the Zone and uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya's Golden Boy and the MGM uh, for uh, uh, really giving us a great platform uh, to broadcast from. And if you've missed those. Uh, that show, we broke it into three parts. Uh, the first part uh, pretty much is a, a lot of technical stuff, and uh, towards the end, technical stuff meaning our breakdowns and stuff, and towards the end of that uh, uh, segment, we have uh, uh, Blair Cobbs on. The second part is loaded with great guests, Buddy McGirt, a Hall of Famer, uh, Sergi Mora, uh, who's doing commentary for uh, The Zone. He, he was on with us, and Kathy Duva, great segment. And then the third segment third part bernard hopkins in a classic interview you don't want to miss that one uh joining us right now is my main man sal rocky senacola good morning sal good morning billy c how are you buddy i'm doing well thank you my man thank you uh big fight last weekend canelo alvarez fought sergey kovalev uh in uh, what was a, a very exciting fight i thought uh, what was your thoughts I on thought, that fight? Billy, it was one of the best fights, tactfully, strategically, and brilliantly executed by Canelo Alvarez. But Sergey Kovalev, I mean, let me tell you something. He was in that fight all the way. In fact, after the 10th round, I had him up by one point, 95-96. He was up. And uh, I just knew, but after the 10th, that Kovalev was turning everything around. And uh, he started getting to, to uh, um, Kovalev. And Alvarez just said, hey, I'm, you're in my wheelhouse now. I'm going to own you. And bam, he put a combination together that was devastating. Yeah, you know, I mean, it seemed like Canelo um, had put his game. They, You know, they both were following their game plans that they had mentioned yes. that they would follow. And Canelo just was very patient, like he said, and waited. And then that 11th round, um, Canelo really put his foot on the gas, I thought, Sal, and uh, overwhel oh, yeah. overwhelmed Kovalev. What did you think? Yes, exactly that, Billy. He, uh, 
I gave him the tenth round. Um, I, I I think uh, Kovalev, like I said, I had him up ninety six to ninety five going into the eleventh. But I knew that Canelo was just getting his momentum and you know that peekaboo style and you know obviously uh, uh, Kovalev couldn't really hurt Canelo and uh, that proved to be the courage Canelo needed to force on and go on and like I said the whole card was phenomenal. I saw the two female boxers. I cannot believe the endurance that they went through. And we could talk about that in a little while, but I want to just recap what Canelo did with uh, Sergey Kovalev. I just couldn't believe it. It was a great, great knockout. And, uh, you know, I, I think Sergey's got to really look at himself and say, hey, where am I going next? Because he can't afford to take too many more beatings like that. Well, he got, I think, either 11 or $15 million for the fight. And quite honestly, you know, yeah. why, why would he go on? Um, like I mentioned a few moments ago, uh, when we interviewed Kathy Duva, she, st- she said to us that, you know, oh, no, win, lose, or draw, he's continuing with his career. And when, when they left, when she left, I, t- I said to Alex, I said, I, and I can't recall if it's on air or not, but I said, you know what? I said, that's a sign of a fighter that's already thinking he's going to lose. You can't think you're going to lose. You have, I mean, there's the overconfident guys, and then there's just the confident guys. What's your thoughts on that, Sal? I mean, if a guy's already hey, making no, plans, you, if, if, he's, if he's already making plans for if he loses, doesn't mentally that mean he already lost? It's a defeatist attitude, and I'll tell you what. You were hands down right on the money, and... Uh, you know, he, he's already making a concession speech in his mind for why he lost or whatever the heck. He didn't, but, I mean, it was it was a clear victory. But uh, I'll tell you, Canelo, I, he never ceases to amaze me. And uh, the only thing I wish he could have another fight with uh, Triple G. But I don't even know if he needs that in the future anymore. <clears throat> you know, the but, problem, the problem the, with that, Sal... I don't mean to cut you off, but the problem with that is we all want to see it. We all feel that he lost the first fight. The second fight, you can make an argument he lost that too, but it was a lot closer. Yeah. Um, the, the, the issue that I have is that, in a sense, Canelo says, hey, I already beat him twice. There's nothing in it for me. And in a way, he's right, even though both yeah. fights were great. The problem is, is Canelo is like, I think, at his prime right now. I think we're seeing the best Canelo right now. And I I don't know if I can say that about Triple G. So, you know, maybe Canelo, you know, if if he is truly going to challenge himself, and I clearly look at the Kovalev fight as him challenging himself, well, then he needs to fight a guy like Bivol. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And uh, I'll tell you, that that makes it crystal clear and uh, why we may never see another uh, Canelo Triple G fight and um, I can live with that I just want to see Canelo evolve and you know he, he wants to be a legend he wants to be a Henry Armstrong or Joe Lewis and that's great aspiration and he, you know what he's got the right hand to play and he can do all that because he, he really has the popularity behind him already and uh, I think, you know, like I said, uh, how Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya, brought him along. And uh, the whole car was phenomenal. 
I, I, I like Ryan Garcia, one of the fighters we saw in early on in his career, and he, Romero Duno wanted to fight him so bad, and bam, he shut that up first round. Yeah, you know, I said I, I said pre-fight that that's what Ryan Garcia had to do because um, Duno gets stronger as the fight goes on. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, yeah, you wanted yeah. to you wanted to talk about the uh, Sincisa Estrada and Marlon Esparza fight female fight it was a great fight uh and, and you know Mauricio Suleiman was all ticked off about that it went three minutes instead of two he feels female fighters can't physically handle three rounds I thought it was great that it went three rounds every female fighter I've ever spoken to Sal wants three minute rounds what was your thoughts on the fight and then the fact that it they used three minute rounds in that fight these two gals were warriors I mean, they were warriors. There was very few females in their weight class that could ever get past them with the way they fought, with the intensity, the desire, the focus. And, you know, it just, it just proved to be an excellent, excellent fight. And, uh, you know, I really think that uh, the whole platform was very successful. Uh, but the Estrada... Uh, Espana uh, fight was a phenomenal women's fight. I, I, if they had a, a women's fight of the year, that would get it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was it was incredible. Yeah, it was a great fight, action packed. That cut was vicious, um, and vicious. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Estrada was a much smaller fighter. They they legitimately did not like each other. Uh, it was something. No. Hey, Sal, uh, before we let you go, I, you know, I got, um, uh, you know, emails I'll be reading a little later, but but my man Mitch sent me, a, uh, uh, he said, ask Sal about this. He should have a story. And, and all it was was a fight poster. Now, maybe you got to go back in your memory banks here, but uh, way back on July 14th in 1983, uh, at uh, the Ice World in New Jersey on the undercard yes. of then undefeated Scott Frank against Kenny Arlett was uh, a, a guy named uh, Sal Senecola in his sixth professional fight uh, taking on a Dwight Hobson. Do you recall the fight oh, and yeah. uh, what it was like to be uh, uh, you know, starting to move up? It was only your sixth fight. Yes, I know. You know, I remember that fight, and that was a that was a good night. Uh, was it against Dwight Hobson? Dwight Hobson, yep. Dwight Hobson was uh, yep. Uh, yep. who you yep. fought. Yep. You won a unanimous decision, Sal. In your sixth fight, you went you went the distance. What happened? I went ten rounds, and I'll tell you what. I think it was uh, good to prove I I had the endurance to do it. But I'll tell you what, he was a good fighter. He um, was a Philly fighter, I believe. And he just, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. Bobby Chez and I, we were training at the uh, Luke Duva's gym up in, uh, above the Sausage Factory in West Patterson. And after we finished training, and we were sparring a little bit, we, we, we finished training, we went to John's Pizza in uh, downtown uh, uh, Totowa. Or, or yeah, it was in Totowa. It was in Totowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great pizza. I know the whole family. His brother Aldo had a pizzeria in Rivervale. But uh, we went to John's Pizza. He and I knocked off a whole pizza, a couple other things. And 
He said, Sal, don't worry about your weight. Just take these two pills tonight, and you'll be fine tomorrow. And I said, what the hell? <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, it worked, but whatever it did, it, it, it drained my energy, all my electrolytes and everything else, but it was all water weight I lost. And um, But it was a great victory, I thought, because I, I was tested for really the first time. And uh, it was it was really good. I uh, I remember that fight, Ice World, boy. <laughs> I uh, nothing else, I, Ice World. I figured I figured uh, you would uh, enjoy that email, but uh, Sal, um, we'll look forward to you next week. Uh, it's going to be a slow week next week, but the week after, uh, your boy Deontay Wilder gets back in the ring, and uh, he's taking uh, on Luis Ortiz. So we'll uh, we'll be chatting a lot about that. Yeah, that's going to be a good rematch. You don't want to make any early predictions, do you? No, I, I don't even think. Uh, uh, nah. No predictions. <laughs> I'll wait till yeah, next week. We'll fine. we'll break it down next week and uh, and give a give a uh, in depth uh, try and be as in depth as possible. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'll, <laughs> I'll go with that. That's great. <laughs> All right, Sal. We'll talk to you All next right, time, Billy. brother. All right. Billy, thank you for letting me talk to all your guests and everything else. It was a great pleasure to do so, and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, man. I'll talk to you in a week. During the week. Have a great day, During buddy. the week. I meant yeah. during the week. Okay. All right. Take yeah, care. Yeah, during. During. <laughs> Definitely. Take bye care. Bye. Take care, bye. brother. Bye. All right. Bye. Ciao. That's my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, uh, giving us his thoughts uh, on the Canelo Kovalev fight and also reminiscing about a fight he had at Ice World uh, back in 1980 was it 83 a couple other fights i want to talk about real quick before we get dax on uh in arguably the fight of the year already uh or i should say uh now as the year wise uh, winds down but it's got to be a, a top candidate uh when uh noia inu improved to 19 and 0 with 16 knockouts when he beat nonito donaire uh in a tough action-packed 12 round fight uh, not only did they unify the titles, uh, Inoue now is the WBA and IBF um, uh, champion in the Bantamweight division, uh, but uh, he also picked up the the WBSS uh, uh, Muhammad Ali trophy for winning the World Boxing Super Series. And uh, I, I really give Nonito Donaire a lot of credit uh, because he's been around a long time and he's no spring chicken. Uh, and uh, he fought very well. Tough, tough fight. Anyway, uh, uh, didn't get a knockout, which we're used to seeing. Uh, but uh, Donaire fought with a lot of heart. Loved the fight. The way the judges scored it, 117-109, 116-111. And uh, Robert Hoyle, a U.S. judge, saw it 114-113. It was interesting to see how the uh, uh, two uh, uh, judges um, uh, outside of the U.S., uh, scored the fight 117-109, uh, 116-111, pretty much uh, a shutout for Winaway. And the U.S. judge had it 114-113. Uh, uh, interesting. Right after that fight, uh, Inouye signed a deal with Top Rank and ESPN. So his next fight we'll get to see uh, here uh, in the U.S. Uh, another fight I wanted to mention real quick uh, in, the, in the lightweight division, I say lightweight because we've got a couple of good fights brewing at the lightweight division. Devin Haney improved to 24-0 with 15 knockouts when he scored a 12-round unanimous decision over uh, Alfredo Santiago, who had been unbeaten going into that fight. He drops uh, to 12-1. and 1. 
Uh, all three judges scored it the same, 120 to 107. Um, this kid Haney is a special fighter. He's young, uh, but he, you know, he's showing me that we're going to be in a discussion about him uh, in the near future about breaking that pound for pound uh, top five, top six category. This guy does everything pretty smoothly. Um, you know, he goes in for the kill when he has to. He's got great movement. Uh, you know, he, his defensive uh, uh, head movement should improve a little bit. But uh, but he, he looks really good. I, I, I like this guy. I enjoyed watching the fight. In a fight that surprised me, I got to be honest, uh, I thought that they were gearing um, Lamont Roach uh, to win this fight. And when I broke this fight down, you know, by myself, uh, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, well, um, you know, uh, Herring is, uh, you know, his uh, last uh, five uh, opponents were all good, uh, uh, but he lost two of those five, and that's 22 fights. I've only seen him with five good opponents. He was the champ, Herring, uh, and then he goes in with Roach, and when I looked at Roach, when I was, you know, looking through his record, I mean, his last eight fights in a row were against good opposition. Uh, he was giving up three inches in uh, um, height and two inches in arm reach. I really thought that it would be uh, a little more uh, uh, in his favor, but I was wrong as Herring uh, won the fight by unanimous decision, 115-113, and two judges had it, 117-111. Uh, uh, Billy Joe Saunders uh, stopped uh, uh, his opponent in the 11th round, 1 minute 59 seconds. Uh, Marcelio Coceres uh, drops to 28 wins, 1 loss, 1 draw. Saunders stays unbeaten at 29-0 and 0, uh, with 14 of his wins coming by knockout. It was a boring fight until the knockout. Um, I think that's the problem with Billy Joe Saunders. And um, heavyweight action, uh, Cuba Pulov, who's ranked number one, who's supposed to be getting the winner of Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, looked pathetic against uh, against Rydell Booker. No, no disrespect, but Rydell Booker never fought anybody close to being good. Pulov has have, has some good wins under his belt. I, th this guy's going nowhere. Whoever he fights, whether it's Andy Ruiz, whether it's uh, AJ, whether it's Deontay Wilder, uh, any of those top heavyweights are going to destroy him. I'm sorry. He just looks like he's thinking about other things. Uh, 99-91, 98-92 twice uh, was uh, uh, the way the judges scored it. He says, it's been eight months from my last fight. I think my opponent was not bad. I respect him. It was a nice fight. I controlled the whole fight. I was a better boxer. I showed everyone I'm at the world top level. I must fight the winner of uh, Joshua Ruiz. I disagree. I don't think he showed that he's uh, at the top level. Uh, but uh, uh, in any event, I know I'm over my time here. I got to get Dax on. But uh, some other heavyweights, uh, Big Daddy Brown, Lucas Brown, improved to 29-2 and two with 25 knockouts when he stopped uh, John Hopate uh, in uh, Australia. Hopate 12-7. and seven. Doesn't really surprise you there. Um, and I, shame on DeZone. Okay, shame on the zone. The zone, which I love, um, they put this basically celebrity boxing match, KSI against uh, Logan Paul, uh, as the main event on the De Devin Haney was on this card. The main event, and I, I mean you can't argue. That apparently they did really well. But this is the main event. Both guys turned pro. How sad is that? The zone did that, 
and they made us wait for Canelo Kovalev for for UFC card to get over. I, it's so. I, is that what it's become? You know, I, uh, I don't know. Hey, listen, uh, I'm going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have Dax Con with us. Don't go nowhere. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And don't forget, check out our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week boxing channel. Uh, all the information can be found uh, up on GinecoUSA.com. You can watch us on all the uh, major uh, streaming services like Roku, etc., etc. Don't forget about our little auction we got going on. We got a T-shirt. We got a... Uh, what else have we got? We got the title bout championship computer game and the official press kit from Canelo Kovalev. Joining us right now uh, is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Yeah, good morning, Billy C. Uh, okay, before we talk about a, a really, uh, I don't know, fight of the year. I know you think so already. Let's talk first about Canelo Kovalev, which was also a very good fight. Um, I thought that Kovalev had to do what he was doing. Um, but uh, Canelo seemed to fight a smart fight, broke him down, knocked him out. What was your thoughts on the fight? Well, Canelo, you know, he cemented his legacy no matter what anybody's opinion of him might be. You know, he has a stellar resume. Um, Kovalev, you know, he seemed to know the role in this, his role in this fight, and what really bothered me, not only during the broadcast but leading up, is how many times that was mentioned by people not only at the broadcast table, but in different interviews. And he um, he had that, I am the opponent here to be beaten aura about him, certainly not the crusher aura. Uh, the fight was, you know, far from exciting. And I blame Kovalev, who was tentative from the start about letting his hands go. The jab didn't really have much power to it. Um, you know, Canelo fought very smart. Um, I think he got a little frustrated a few times. I remember him saying to his corner, you know, you know, what's going on here and his corner's telling him just wait it will come I think that was about the, um, the eighth or ninth round which you know was more or less meaning that you know the opportunity's going to come is going to open itself up and what's going to happen happen you know great job by Canelo we didn't get the whole beat the body till it crumbles act that was promised um, we seen very smart composed boxing by Canelo right now you know based off of this you have to uh, say love him or hate him Canelo is the pound for pound best fighter in boxing period, just off of his, um, his resume. I won't say that he's the most skilled fighter in boxing overall, but he has the best resume. Um, he's faced all the top names now, which is time for him to really cement this position, to cement this move, meaning that he's got to face one of the other guys that weren't really, that didn't come in there to fit this role, more or less, if you get what I'm saying. You know, I, here's the thing. I agree with you. I think that Canelo looked great. I think that he the weight... Um, suits him, 
to be honest with you, I think he seemed very natural at it. I don't know what he weighed fight night. I, I do know there was a rehydration clause, which they said wasn't going to happen, but it happened. It was 185. I was starting to wonder about the uh, Kovalev being overweight, even though um, he was only uh, a little bit over by the time he had to lose the weight a quarter of a pound. But he's never been uh, overweight, and it just it, it just got the wheels turning. Um, I thought that both both fighters seemingly were doing what they wanted. I'm just not sure where it fell apart for Kovalev. He claimed that he, he, he didn't give himself enough time between fights. Most experts say that for older fighters, it's better to do what he did. It's not like he fought two weeks later. You know, he, he, did, uh, he was still in good shape. He did have a trying fight against... Uh, in you know against Anthony Yard, but um, I I was surprised to see him uh, wilter the way he did. Uh, he was doing what he wanted to do, and to Canelo's credit, you know he was patient. Dax, he was more patient than I've seen him. And when he put his foot on the gas, which clearly, I mean, he was winning a couple of rounds on my scorecard before. I had it much closer than the judges did. Uh, but when he put his foot on that gas in the 11th round, it was lights out. He he knew he was going to end that fight either in that round or the 12th. Did you see that? Right. That's what I just mentioned that his corner was telling him, you know, just, just be patient and we'll come. You know, meaning that, you know, they seen it. Canelo just wanted it a little bit earlier. But, you know, he remained composed and he waited for that perfect opening, which, you know, speaks volumes on that level that Canelo's on. So you have to give Canelo all the credit in the world. Now, what's next for Canelo? I don't know. I think um, Dimitri Bivol, that would be a great fight. I think Canelo loses, but, you know, it's a tactical fight. I think a fight against uh, Callum Smith would be interesting. Um, I think Canelo might, you know, come come out ahead on that because he has the more experience and better overall skill set. Uh, you know, if for some reason he does stay at light heavyweight, just stay away from Arthur Biedev. You know, whoever would or allow him make such fights should be investigated. Canelo might win some rounds, but that'll be about it. You know, other than that, um, you know, I really don't know what's left for Canelo in terms of really big fights. There's no really big names or mega fights out there right now for him, except for those guys up there. Middleweight pretty much doesn't have anything that's overly appealing. Do you think so? Well, well, I, I want to, before I answer that, I, and the answer is no. Um, because the only appealing fight at middleweight is Triple G, and that's not that appealing anymore because Triple G is is clearly not the best Triple G that we've seen. But but here's the thing. You know, Can- Canelo, we're talking about historical uh, aspects, uh, the significance of the win. Uh, you're putting him at pound for pound. Uh, you know, I mean, all these things, and, and I agree with you. The resume speaks for itself, but... You know, the, the, the problem I have, and this goes back with Floyd Mayweather, and I'm going to compare it with the fighters like in the 80s with Sugar Ray uh, Leonard and Hagler and Tommy Hearns, and then even before when you're talking about Sugar Ray Robinson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These guys, part of the legacies that they were trying to prove how great they were, they didn't seemingly seek out the weakest link of a division. And I'm not suggesting that Kovalev was really the weakest link, but, you know, maybe I am because the truth of the matter is, is Bivol is a young fighter with talent. And if Canelo really wants to cement his place in, in, in you know, boxing history, which he's there anyway, but I mean, really, like a Bernard Hopkins, like a, like a throwback fighter that's going to be in the conversation when people say, oh, I would have been or he would have been good in any era. Canelo needs to fight that fight, Dax. The Bivol fight shows 
that he's looking for the for the best challenges. What what's your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know the Kovalev fight. You know it's a great accomplishment. Make no mistakes. But um, in my opinion, if it was going to be a genuine move up in weight and become a division champion and not a belt holder, that's something that you would say to yourself, okay, this is a great start to see how I handle the power of a light heavyweight, um, how I deal with a guy who is crafty, because Kovalev is, you know, the most experienced of all of them as a professional. So, um, you know, right now it's not really hard to get uh, title belts in the sport. We know that, and that's a problem in the sport. But, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from the win from Canelo. It's, um, you know, boxing bill is always a what-have-you-done-lately sport, and it's more often than not what-have-you-done after lately and that's what matters the most is what Canelo does next now if Canelo goes back and he starts fighting guys maybe you know at a catch weight or he starts fighting guys that mysteriously show up in the rankings then then you know you have to say to yourself you know what really that was just a uh, a cherry pick it was the right time right place but right now you know you just have to say you know what good for you Canelo let's see what's next you have to keep out doing yourself to be a great I, I agree and I think a fight against Bivol um, is the fight because they're both similar in size I think it would be a, a really uh, good fight. It's a sellable fight. Um, that's the one uh, I, I would like. But speaking of fights, arguably uh, one of the top uh, uh, you know, fight of the year candidates right now is the uh, fight that took place uh, Thursday in Japan. Uh, Noya Inuyu improved to 19-0, and uh, taking on and beating uh, Nonito Donaire in the uh, World Boxing Super Series final. What a fight that was. What's your thoughts? Uh, it was a great fight. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, believed that Donaire didn't have enough left inside of him to go the distance, especially the way uh, Anui has blasted out all his opponents so far. Now, with that being said, we also forget that Nonino Donaire, when he was down at 118 pounds, and I'm talking, this is before the Regendahl fight at 122, Donaire was almost pretty much he was a newie at that time he was a sensation you know just now he's at 36 years old he's got a little bit of miles on him we didn't think that he'd be able to go out there and perform the way he did uh, you know so um he deserves all the credit in the world it was a competitive bout and uh, donaire if he never fights again he's had a hall of fame career in my opinion multi-division world champion he's beat a lot of uh fighters he's always been a you know a guy that comes in there and performs well now as far as a newie First thing I got to say, I love the fact that he rejected that WBC Diamond Belt offer. You know, um, this is most, one of the most commending acts by a fighter in a long time. And it just reinforces that the fighter makes the title, not the other way around. You know, Anui, he also proved, Bill, he doesn't need to stop every opponent to win. You know, he boxed the entire fight. He showed different angles. He fought smart when needed. Um, you know, he, changed, he went after the body, went after the head. The kid's a special kind of fighter. He passed every test there is so far. He's going the distance. He can take a punch. Um, you know, right now he's 19 and 0 with 16 knockouts, titles in three divisions. He's 14 and 0 against uh, in world title fights. He's beaten eight world champions. Build the combined record of his 19 opponents is 460 wins, 67 losses, and 22 draws. You know, this is a kid here. If he never fought again, you know, he almost has pretty much a Hall of Fame resume already. How much greater can this kid get? The, the, the part I like about this guy and, and the way I feel about most fighters and they seemingly are all not from the U.S. is they're trying to prove it. They're doing exactly what I was saying Canelo should do. Um, and, you know, they're proving it. They're going out there. This guy wants to not only win, but he, he's trying to cement himself in, in real history, not just, you know, trinkets, you know, not just 
collecting uh, belts and, and stuff. I, I mean, and money, you know. Uh, I, I love him. I love him. I thought it was a great fight. And yeah, I, I like, and I agree uh, with you about Donaire. People can't, you know, this kid, he, sh he showed me. I didn't think he was going to end this fight on his feet, Dax. No, no, most people didn't. Like I said, I didn't either. And, I, and I've always been a huge Donaire fan. But, you know, Donaire showed he does have something more left in him. And maybe, um, you know, boxing, the memory is short for fans, Bill. And sometimes, you know, it can be long. And I think that one of the things that Donaire has suffered from in the long run is that knockout to Nicholas Walters. And a lot of people forget after the Nicholas Walters fight, Donaire has done well. And Nicholas Walters is a huge puncher. And that wasn't Donaire's natural weight. Plus, there was a lot of other things going on in his personal life during that time, but not that that's an excuse, but it's it's fact. Yeah, no, I, I would love to see a new fight. Uh, the Frenchman take the WBC titles. This way he has all the belts in that division. And then um, I don't know what's next. I don't know if I knew he would be um, as effective at uh, 122. But, you know, as for right now, just enjoying the kid, you know, for what he's bringing out there. And as for Donaire, He's got a little bit something left in him, another one or two fights, maybe a nice payday for him, and, you know, call it a day. You know, he's going to be 37, or he did just turn 37, I believe. I'll tell you a fight that I loved, and I and I, I love this kid. Devin Haney uh, beat Alfredo Santiago last night, um, WBC lightweight champion. I, I, I can't help but think of this guy, you know, fighting a Lomachenko. I... I Devin Haney is a quality fighter, Dax. He showed me yesterday that he's a complete fighter. Um, what was your thoughts on, on his win? Oh, I like Devin Haney. Um, he is a uh, quality fighter. He's a complete fighter. Now, Devin Haney, let's not get crazy on Devin Haney. He's a skilled fighter. He shows he has the goods. He is not the next Floyd Mayweather at the moment. I did not watch the main event last night, but... At least a dozen times of what I did watch, I don't know how many times I heard the next Floyd Mayweather comparison, either during the fight or before the fight. Any any time that happens, Bill, uh, most recently, the two guys that you can use as an example, uh, Devin Alexander and Adrian Broner, they seem to flop. I don't know if they're wishing bad luck on this kid, but uh, Devin Haney, he's not ready for Lomachenko right now. Don't rush the kid. When you rush a kid like Devin Haney, who's at the top of the world, and he goes in there against the Lomachenko type, and it turns out to be a one-sided fight. Not that that's guaranteed, but it does turn out to be a one-sided fight. Usually what happens, Bill, is they're never the same confident-wise. So, you know, don't rush the kid. Well, I, I, yeah, I was... Don't, I, don't rush the kid. I was saying... I wasn't saying put him in there with Lomachenko next. My point was is I, I can see it developing into a good fight. But then again... You know, not all the time, because look at Canelo fought Mayweather earlier in his career, and it changed his career for the better. So it depends on the fighter. You're right, though, uh, uh, from the mental aspect. And as far as being the next uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, there's no way he's the next Floyd Mayweather because he's too aggressive. This kid is an aggressive fighter, um, and he doesn't have the defensive skill of a Mayweather, but he is exciting, he is young. And he's got a lot uh, going on for him, which Billy Joe Saunders fought yesterday. What a boring fight. What does Billy Joe Saunders have to do to even get back in a discussion? He seems to me that he's like an afterthought now. He's in, he's in the uh, uh, super middleweight division. He did win by knockout, but it was like going through the motions up until uh, the 11th round. Uh, I, I mean, what's your thoughts? No. Uh uh, just to finish on Haney, uh, you know.
that future, uh, that that career not go in the direction that it has the uh, potential to be. And as for Floyd Mayweather, when Floyd Mayweather, Bill, anytime he was under 140 pounds, he was an exciting fighter. As for uh, Billy Joe Saunders, I don't know. Um, Billy Joe Saunders, he never really had that it factor. Billy Joe Saunders, you always just sat there waiting for this breakthrough performance. Then he had the fight against uh, David Lemieux, and we thought we were going to really see something special out of him because that was so dominant. Not that uh, David Lemieux is a um, a great example to say on how he, uh, Billy Joe Saunders would have performed against the elite, but you know, we, there was something there that we were saying to ourselves, this is what we might see against a Canelo or a Daniel Jacobs. Or so on and so forth. And then he has that problem with the uh, the PEDs. And then he leaves the division. And he performs like he did last night. You know, remember his two biggest fights were against uh, Andy Lee. Which he won that WBO middleweight title from. And then against uh, Chris Eubank. And both of those fights, he more or less got a, you know, he got the knob when he shouldn't have. So, Billy Joe Saunders, for him to get back up there, he needs something dominant, Bill. He needs, uh, you know, not dominant like, you know, a knockout last night after a dull performance. He needs dominance for a couple of fights for him to get his name back up there and for people to take him serious because right now in my opinion the way i look at billy joe saunders is you know uh what could be not not what is it's just what could be going back to the title belts it's not really that hard to get title belts in this era if you're in that top 10 you're right you're right um you said you didn't watch the main event yesterday uh K- ksi against uh, logan paul um but I want to talk probably the reasons why you didn't watch it. I think, and and you nobody has promoted the zone and the the benefit of the zone more than myself and your than you. I, I mean, you've been you know a fan of the zone long before I was. Um, they've pulled two things in the last two weeks that. I, basically, all I can say is shame on the zone. The first thing is making us wait for the UFC fight to com- to you know be completed before they started Canelo Kovalev. It made me say to myself, why? I mean, were they counting on a crossover? If you know, are there crossover fans? It was just the people that were going to buy Canelo Kovalev or watch Canelo Kovalev were going to watch it whether or not UFC was on or not. I thought that that was a, a, a terrible move. And to make this KSI and Logan Paul a main event, basically celebrity boxing. Yes, they both turned pro and fought. Um, and yes, they both have uh, over 20 million viewers on YouTube. What were they thinking, Dax? I mean, is this what this sport has become? Well, first, as far as that main event goes, I didn't watch it. If maybe Barry Williams and Danny Bonaducci or Dustin Diamond and Ron Palillo would have went at it again, I'd have watched that, but I wouldn't have watched this nonsense. Um, what really turned me off, Bill is that how they build it. If they did something like Mayweather McGregor, for example, you know, the money fight, you know, they more or less build it as an event, not a um, not a legitimate fight that they're trying to sell. Then I might have watched it out of curiosity. But, you know, when they're trying to um, snowball fans, you know, new fans, you know, it's great to create and bring new fans to the sport. But, you know, don't snowball them and try to make these new fans think that this is something it was not. It's disrespectful to the fighters that are out there that are, you know, the true fighters. You know, the guys that do this for a living, not the guys that are getting paid $900,000 um, for a uh, debut because they have uh, YouTube watchers. Uh, one of my kids had me watch a few of those Logan Paul videos, and Logan, what does he do? Smack what does he do? He's an idiot. 
No, he, he's an idiot. He I don't knows, need... I, I couldn't even watch one. He, uh, the one video I was showed, oh, I bought the world's biggest puppy. I think he's standing there in some Hollywood thing. He's got a giant uh, um, whatever put up against him. I don't know. I think he's a pervert. But, um, yeah, you know, I just, I'm very disappointed in the zone. Um, you know, if this type of, um, programming keeps up and they start doing stuff like they did with the Canelo Kovalev fight by not properly, um, scheduling around the UFC so that didn't happen, I think I'll cancel my subscription when it goes up to that 1999. Right now, I'm still locked in that 999 from, you know, that first year, but with ESPN Plus a lot cheaper and top rank right now having so many good fighters on there that they'll be putting on there, you know, the zone, you know, the zone is hurting themselves. With boxing fans, you know, of course they're going to draw on guys, uh, fans, uh, you know, for events like this. But in terms of boxing fans, you know, I'm not, I'm not too pleased with them. Hmm. I, uh, I think they've really tightened up their uh, broadcast and they are putting on good fights. But, I, yeah, but I, the broadcast is horrible. I mean, the announcing team, Doran Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, this is the stuff you kind of heard. You know, this was it tells you how really bad it was. That's all you can say. It's just bad. I mean, uh, at one point in time, I think it was Bernardo. Um, I forget who said it, but they were like, what's the difference between uh, Billy Joe Saunders fighting at 160 and 168? And the guy seriously said, because Saunders says he can't eat chocolate when he has to cut weight to 160, and that makes him sad. Yeah, I really? I are, are, are you serious I now? Heard, Come I, on. I heard that. But I mean, they're, they're, they're top events like with Sergio Mora uh, you know he's good I, I don't like Todd Grisham too much and but uh but anyway and Chris Sir, Mannix you know Chris Mannix you know he gets on there and he talks to everybody like they're wearing a helmet yeah I don't I'm not crazy about Mannix but Mora is is good man he's uh he's one of the no, he, I, no I, I like Mora but you know one guy isn't the whole broadcast no you're right unfortunately unfortunately Dax great job and, but uh, um, just um Next week, we, we didn't get to talk about, you know, Regis, uh, you know, we talked about Anui and Donaire, but uh, Regis Progray and Josh Taylor, that was another great fight that, you know, was on the zone, and the World Boxing Super Series helped clean up another division. And, uh, you know, before we go, just, you know, mention our condolences, you know, to uh, Dwight Ritchie, you know, the Australian uh, boxer, the super welterweight, uh, you know, who passed away after um, a freak accident. He was sparring with... Um, uh, middleweight uh, Michael Zafara, he gets hit with a body shot, and whatever it did, you know, he um, he died a short while later. Yeah, it's and he's only twenty-seven years old, you know, yeah, and another two, young man we lost in the sport this year. Yeah, two and two two of them within a month. So, Dax, uh, thanks for reminding us that, and uh, we look forward to next week, brother. All right, everybody, enjoy your day. Take care. That's Dax Kind. You can check him out on the website uh, www.billycboxing.com. Uh, you know, I, I just want to uh, tell say one thing before we take a break. You know, I, I'm constantly telling you guys, um, you know, uh, my thoughts on different things. Well, I, you know, I, I got to admit, I, I, I have a problem. I'm, I, I have an addiction, and it's to Kenny Bear's barbecue rub. It's, uh, and I'm not kidding you, all right? Check it out, southerngourmetspice.com. That's southerngourmetspice.com. And uh, get yourself a bottle of Kenny Bear's barbecue rub. I I call Kenny up and I'm like, dude, I, I I'm running out, man. I'm running out. You know, um, this stuff is good on everything, and I'm not just saying it. Get yourself a, a bottle. Tell him Billy C sent you for a discount. SouthernGourmetSpice.com. It's worth it, man. It really is. Hey, listen, I'm gonna take a short break. When I come back, uh, we'll have uh, uh, Alex Papali join us. We'll talk about uh, our Vegas trip. And uh, uh, also, 
Uh, a little bit about Cuba Pulov. You know, I, I'm really disappointed in Pulov. You know, he's supposed to be a, a, a top heavyweight uh, to technically challenge for a world title. And he's a boring fighter. And, I, you know, I, I, I really thought, I, I met him. I was at a card with him when he was in Denmark. Um, he fought uh, um, uh, a kid out of Long Island, uh, Derek Rossi. And, you know, it was a tough fight, and, and I, I followed him there. I saw him uh, from that point. I saw him improve, and he seems to be regressing right now. That's my uh, thoughts anyway. But uh, uh, don't go anywhere. Else. We're going to take a short break, uh, and, well, we'll be back soon. Billy C will be right back. Hey, fight fans. Check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.kofantasyboxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters. Track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man, www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com, and tell them Billy C sent now back to talking Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, don't forget about my book. Get yourself a copy right now. It's a great stocking stuffer. That's right. It's that time of year. Stocking stuffer. My book. Get it. You know, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, or just drop me an email or click it on the website, billycboxing.com. Joining me right now is Alex Papali. Woo! What's up, Alex? Good morning, Billy C. How are you? I had to give you a woo from uh, Blair... Flair the Flair Cobbs, but uh, before we get started, woo! You know, this guy was too much. But uh, uh, before we get started, Canelo Kovalev, post-fight thoughts. We were there. Um, it was a great uh, event for us. We uh, had some great uh, uh, interviews and a, a good time overall. Uh, love uh, love traveling with you, my man, And uh, except when you take me too seriously. But uh, anyway, uh, Canelo Alvarez and Kovalev, what was your thoughts on the fight? <laughs> yeah, it's a very good trip. Uh, I, um, I thought it was a decent fight. Um, I thought um, it was kind of expected what happened. Um, I, I I did not expect Kovalev to box as well as he did for as long as he did. Um, however, there was a very big problem with what he was doing because it was um, a little bit so it was so cautious that he was putting himself in a situation where he really he needed to start landing heavier punches, but that was going to be the problem. Was once he started landing heavier punches 
he was going to allow Canelo to land heavier punches too, and that was going to be his undoing, and, and it was. Uh, it, it was weird because it's almost as if when you watch that 11th round again closer, uh, it almost looks as if uh, Canelo's bigger at the start of that round, uh, that Kovalev has diminished a little bit. Um, I do think that Kovalev was starting to open up a bit um, in that the ninth was a little more heated than most of the rounds were. Uh, both guys landed a little heavier. Uh, I did think Kovalev was winning the first night I saw it uh, with you, and then I watched it again this week, and I had it a little better for Alvarez, but I still thought Kovalev was ahead. Now, granted, he was not landing significant punches, but, Bill, he was tapping him all night. And this is the thing about Alvarez. He just throws so few punches. Now, granted, they were the meaner more significant punches a lot of times, but um, I think in some rounds, there just wasn't enough. If uh, And I think this is one of those questions you've asked in the past, is um, especially with the whole CompuBox thing, how many jabs equals a power punch? Because Kovalev was throwing so many jabs, and uh, Kovalev was really not throwing all that many punches. So... It was a little interesting to see what the official judges did with the round rounds, but they love everything that Kovalev, I mean, that Canelo does. So I wasn't surprised to, that they had Canelo up, um, but uh, I, I didn't see it. I thought I thought he was um, having a little bit of d difficulty with the uh, dimensions of the fight, but he was right there. It, Kovalev never stung him a bit. Um, going into the fight, I had Kovalev, going into that 11th round, I had Kovalev up, 96-94. Um, you and I were scoring the fight during, uh, round for round. Uh, we had a couple of differences uh, early on in the fight, but it, it started to become crystal clear. And Kovalev was doing well in the fight because of the jab. He was trying to set up his distance just like we said he should. Um, you, you know, you're right. I don't like talking about the stats during a fight, but after the fight, they're interesting. And there's a company called BoxStat that we've kind of partnered a little bit with. Uh, uh, and some interesting stats to back up what you just said. 958 punches were thrown by Kovalev. 958. 306 by Saul Canelo Alvarez. Huge difference. As far as landing, uh, Kovalev landed more. Uh, 209. 209 uh, punches he landed to uh, 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 Canelo Alvarez, 147. That was a 30% landing rate for Alvarez and a 42% for Kovalev. Um, but here's the, the, the big stat. The big stat is accuracy. Punch accuracy for Kovalev was 22%, whereas uh, Canelo Alvarez, his accuracy was 48%. To me, that, that defined the end of that fight. I think that Canelo, after watching that fight again, I think Canelo did exactly what he planned on doing. Kovalev was doing what they planned. He was winning that fight on my scorecard. He was landing the jab. He was utilizing his distance. He was not trying for a knockout, which both you and I agreed that he shouldn't. Um, and then Canelo just seemed seemingly, in my opinion, uh, Alex put his foot on the gas in the 11th and finished him off. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was kind of interesting because 
it was right when uh, Brian Kenny was saying how I'm always sort of waiting on a fifth gear uh, with a, with a Canelo fight, and then uh, and maybe I'm waiting for fourth gear, and then all of a sudden, boom! And he's like, "There's fifth gear," <laughs> and it was it was amazing how quick and sudden it was, and there definitely were people. It wasn't like the fans were turning on him. He could do anything he wants, uh, and it doesn't seem like they would, he would lose any fans at all. Um, but there were some boos. There were some whistles because it was it was a little bit dull. Um, it was not. That's the thing when you throw so few punches, man. I mean, the guy, the busy guys are fun guys to watch. Yeah, but, but but the thing is, is that if Kovalev could have won that. He won the fight. If he continued for two more rounds doing what he had done, on my scorecard, he would have won the fight. He would have won the fight. You know, now whether he would have, and we said this from the minute we, we got there and everyone we talked to, you know, I, I did not think he was going to be able to win a decision in Las Vegas against Canelo. That. Even 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 Buddy McGirt, when when I asked him, he's like, oh, I think so, you know. Kathy do, I think so, you know. And basically, they were just, you know, uh, making it like there was a possibility. There was no possibility. And to Kovalev's uh, discredit, he didn't seem like he was trying to do anything other than win uh, a points fight. He did not want to get in close, although it was the smart way to fight. He did not challenge Canelo as far as him being the bigger, stronger guy, theoretically. Canelo, on the other hand, seemingly was willing to give up rounds, even though the judges, some of them had him ahead. Um, but there was clearly attack mode in the 11th round. And and I was shocked to see Kovalev wilter as quickly uh, as he did. And then just there was no return from it either. Right. Well, that that was the thing that, you know, in our pre-shows that I really think was the really excellent matchmaking on on Team Canelo's part is that and I hate to use this phrase, but I kind of thought that Kovalev was damaged goods is in the sense that even though he you could certainly make the case that he is the best um, light heavyweight right now, it's mainly from what he has accomplished. He's not the one with, you know, whose stars are rising. He's the one whose stars are setting. Um, so it was it was the smart opponent for Canelo because of that was the other thing is that a lot of people I remember seeing a couple of people who I respect on Twitter saying, what are people basing the idea that Canelo is going to stop this guy on? He hasn't knocked anybody out since uh, junior middleweights, you know, other than Rocky Fielding. But to me, it was like, well, because I think Kovalev can be broken down. And I think that Kovalev fought like he was being very careful and that he knew um, this is a, a this is, you know, this is a, a this is a house of cards and I've got to keep this house of cards up by sticking this jab out. And he did he did a good job with the strategy. But you're right. The strategy had a problem. Because where did it go? It, eventually, he was going to have to land heavier punches to get Canelo to, expect, to respect him. He never was able to do that because in order to do that, you've got to land, you've got to plant your feet and land harder, throw harder. And by doing that, you leave yourself open. And as soon as he did, 
he paid for it. And that was, I think, to Canelo's credit, because their corner knew that. There were, uh, Eddie Reynoso, after the seventh, uh, the sixth rounds, uh, Canelo sat down, he said, you're going to get him, don't worry. They fought the whole fight like that. No, I, I, listen, both camps, um, you know, us talking to both camps and, and being there, uh, they were both confident in the game plans, and very rarely do you see the game plan they're telling you they're going to do actually get done, and that's what happened in this fight. Um, you know, at some point, I thought that Kovalev, in order to win, needed to do exactly what he was doing, but just like Canelo went after him in the 11th round, I felt Kovalev needed to do that during a round. He needed to come on and you know, try to inflict some damage, power damage on Canelo. And he was reluctant to do so. And that can only uh, only explain to me that he was nervous about Canelo's pop or at least Canelo maybe landing a body. I don't know. I don't absolutely. know. No, absolutely. That's why. I, I mean, that there's guys in the chat room who are just mystified by what was happening. It's very easy to understand. That's why he was afraid of getting not... And I, I don't mean to see, use the word frayed, but I was very cautious of being badly damaged in return. If there's anything Canelo's good at, it's counterpunching. So the more you land, the better he's going to land. Look at, see the Gennady Golovkin fights. Um, so yeah, that was why it was a difficult strategy for Kovalev because it didn't really have a winning way in it because... The winning way depended on him landing heavy right hands, but he was never going to be able to do that because in order to do that, you had to sort of soften him up, and there was just no softening up Canelo. And that was the thing that was amazing about Canelo was how patient he was. At some point, I mean, I knew my card was lopsided, um, but I figured he was running out of rounds. And he was absolutely patient. Um, and it was like, dude, this is not a 15-round fight. When are you going to take over? So I guess he figured 11th round, I'll take over now. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, he seemingly knew something we didn't, you know, that he was going to be able to overpower him because I had that fight. I had Kovalev up two rounds. You had him up more, you know. Um, so, I, yeah, it was uh, interesting. And so was some of the other fights on the card. Uh, specifically the female fights and Cesar uh, Estrada uh, and Marlon Esparza uh, put on a great show. Uh, Estrada was smaller. Uh, Esparza came in there looking like she should be a model in those high heels. It was like, rah, rah, whew, you know, but, uh, you know, fight night, uh, they both came to fight and uh, a gruesome cut, three-minute rounds. Ah, I loved every minute of it. What was your thoughts? Yeah, that was a good fight, and I think it was very good. It was good for women's boxing. Um, you know, a lot of people are turned off by the um, uh, the sort of class and classlessness in uh, some of the post-fight stuff. I, I'm not. Uh, if we're, you know, for equality, uh, hey, there, boxing has grudge matches. Uh, there's female grudge matches, and there's male grudge matches. This is a female one. Um, they, these two don't like each other. Uh, even going nine tough rounds didn't make them like each other. They still don't like each other. Deal with it. Um, they're not going to say anything nice about each other. 
Uh, it, I thought it was a good fight in the sense that um, it definitely uh, was entertaining and it was nice to see the um, uh, that they fought three-minute rounds. But um, Mauricio Suleiman, Mauricio Suleiman is outraged over that. I, I find I find that I find that appalling because in a way he's saying that women can't handle three minute rounds. I mean that's kind of a chauvinistic thing. And he says, "Oh, there's been many studies. I've never seen one." And I yeah. even asked him when he was on this show, "Are there studies? You know, who studied? Well, we appointed di well, you know, your appointed doctors isn't a study. I want to see a study that would indicate that a female fighter is more susceptible." to damage fighting three-minute rounds versus two. Because the two-minute rounds, they usually have no no feel-out. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, uh, action-packed. And we were treated to three-minute action-packed rounds, each one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I do think that if there is such a study, let's see it. Um, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like, uh, you know, the study of uh, bumps of the head that they mean something. Uh, I find that very difficult to accept that the female brain is more susceptible to concussions than the male brain. Uh, if there is studies of that that are reputable, let's see them. Um, you don't hide, if, if they're, you know, obvious, then um, you don't uh, hide them. Let's see them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, some some kind of like dinosaur thinking, quite honestly. Um, but let's, uh, I, I mean, I do think that it was a good thing for uh, Nevada, Nevada to have done it, and, uh, and hopefully it'll be uh, something we see more of in the future. One of the fights that were uh, on this card that we saw uh, in Vegas was a bit of an upset to me. Not by the, uh, you know, uh, book, the bookies in Vegas, uh, but Ryan Garcia blew away uh, Romero Dono uh, in less than a round, one minute and 38 seconds. Um, and I'm not that mad that I lost a few bucks on Dono. But we, we both, not only us, but Sergio Mora and Bernard Hopkins, I think, referred to uh, Ryan Garcia having to put his big boy pants on for this fight. And he totally just proved us all wrong. What was your thoughts of, of that fight? Uh, all right. I'm losing you. I can you hear me, Alex? Yep, I can hear you. You can hear me? Yeah, now I can. Uh, what was your thoughts on that fight? I thought the Ryan Garcia fight was really good. Um, I, uh, I I was stunned that at how easily he dispatched Duno. Um, but I think that's the thing about, um, you know, a, uh, a rising star and a kid with some uh, pretty serious power. Um, and, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a... Um, something to see and he was all uh uh you know inspirational talk at the post fight post fight presser um so yeah i really hope we see something you know maybe a devin haney fight with him um that'd be interesting um yeah i i did not like we both were talking about that fight looked like it was going to be the upset but um, it turned out the Estrada fight was the upset. You know, the funny thing is, is I think that if Dano survived the early round, I was saying that. I was saying that I thought that uh, Ryan Garcia was going to try to jump all over him 
and and win because he never really goes deep into fights and I thought Dano gets stronger and stronger but I didn't think it was going to turn out the way it did I mean just in a uh, he just demolished him in in less than two minutes so uh credit to Ryan Garcia on that and then of course uh Blair woo Cobbs uh we got to meet this guy uh what a character uh pretty uh, amazing story um I think he's got a long way to go as a fighter, but I've been noticing uh, comments about him 50-50. Some people like him and some people don't. Oh, absolutely. And I think that he'll probably have that his whole career, and that's what he wants. And I think as long as they're thinking about him, he'll be just okay with that. Um, Well, actually, he'll be thrilled with that because – He's the kind of guy that he wants you talking about him. Woo! Yeah. Um, he did exactly what a guy with his style should do. Um, you know, when you get dropped and you get embarrassed and you get up and you go to the wrong corner, uh, you come back and you knock your guy into next week. And that's exactly what he did. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to hear from him. And then the other thing, he shows up at the press conference wearing a vest and no shirt whatsoever. So, yeah, uh, he's going to go places. And I think that in this in this uh, sport, especially today, where, uh, you know, the line gets straddled back and forth between um, the absurd and, uh, you know, the ridiculous, uh, I think he's going to do just fine. I think he needs to work on his defense. His hands were down low. Uh, the story goes he was uh, an affluent kid uh, going to Beverly Hills High School and one day his uh, whole world got turned upside down his father um, well let's just say uh, the authorities wanted him so they all hopped on a a privately owned plane and flew to Mexico and uh, that's where he learned to fight and he showed no resemblance of Mexican style fighting to me um, and his father happened to have gotten out of prison and he was at ringside in that fight. He hit the deck in that fight uh, and then came back to win. Um, he needs to tighten up his game a bit and then maybe he'll be something. He does have a, a good physique for it, uh, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, he's got to tuck that chin in. Yeah, the chin was sticking right out. You know, his, his hands were down, his chin was out, had an X on it and everything. Uh, but uh, in any event, a um, couple of fights uh, yesterday. Devin Haney, you know, he looked great. But the fight I wanted to talk to you about, and we're, we're getting close to a, another a couple of back-to-back uh, heavyweight fights coming our way. But Cuba Pulov, who's always being mentioned uh, as uh, a top fighter, um, getting his shot um, at a world title again. If you recall, he fought and lost to uh, Klitschko. Uh, but apparently he's number one in line. For the IBF, so the, uh, the winner of the Ruiz um, AJ rematch, uh, supposed to be getting Pulev for the IBF. He looked terrible. He fought uh, uh, against Rydell Booker. No, no, hey, no disrespect to Rydell Booker. 38 years old, same age, giving up an inch and a half height, inch and a half, uh, or I'm sorry, half inch uh, reach, fought nobody in his whole career. Uh, with his record, um, he, he really I can't twenty six and two can't see him fighting a good opponent. His two losses uh, were against decent opponents. Pulov, you know, thirteen of his twenty seven wins were actually against good opposition. His only loss was to Klitschko, 
And this guy, he looked he looked like I don't want to see him with any top heavyweight. What was your thoughts? Yeah, it was a stinker. And um, that's the thing about heavyweights. Uh, you know, they're like the, the little girl with the curl. Uh, when they're good, they're really, really good. And when they're bad, they're horrid. Um, and that was lousy. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. Uh, I think Tim Bradley was all over him, man. Uh, was all over the opponent, too. Uh, and so was Andre Ward. Um, Who? About, uh, Who? You mean Dre? Dre. Oh, I'm Dre. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, You got it. <laughs> Dude, you got to. I, I don't know Andre. Well, I know Dre. I, it's just Dre, right? I mean, right, just Dre. Right. Right. He, right. Yeah, okay, I'm Dre sorry. I'm sorry. After him. I, I but just, I tell you, one thing I do, I should mention is that um, the uh, Inouye versus Donaire fight was absolutely awesome. As, as you guys were talking about, as weird and mystifying the decisions DAZN made this week were with the Logan Paul fight and letting everyone make, forcing everyone to watch the UFC fight as an appetizer to Kovalev Canelo. Um, the fact that they aired Donaire um, and Inouye, I don't know, to, to me gets them a lot of forgiveness because that fight was beautiful. It's what our sport is about. I mean, if you guys have not seen it, make sure you do. Because unlike Canelo Kovalev, those two guys were throwing bombs at each other from the opening bell. They were trying to take each other's heads off. And we now learned that it was like the second or third round that the reason why we didn't see Monster doing his usual thing, possibly, is he had a broken eye socket. Um, that's amazing. These guys... Inoue is a badass. I do hope he comes to the States and fights. Um, I guess there's a, you know, a good paying population of Japanese Americans in Hawaii as well as uh, Southern California that they might be able to fill an arena for him. But, man, that was a hell of a fight, Billy C. There's no question about it. And I, I, you know, I, I, I thought Inoue was going to win the fight. I thought he was going to knock out Donaire. I give a lot of credit to Donaire. He showed a lot of heart. And uh, it was an exciting, exciting fight. There's no question. But definitely shame on DAZN with the UFC, bowing to the UFC for Kovalev uh, uh, Canelo, and then putting KSI against uh, Logan Paul as the main event. It's not even like a, like a you know, filler. It's the main event. And it just shocked me, you know, that, that we would see that. Both fighters turned pro. Uh, so they're officially professional fighters. But the worst part isn't so much the zone, which is pretty scary in itself. It's how many people actually watched it. There, there were so many fans of both of these guys. I've never seen anything, so I have no idea what they do. Here's uh, some of the people. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but I'm just saying it was amazing. No, I'm sorry. You you, you uh, blanked out for a second. Um but, yeah, I do think – and I guess that was the thing about it was their first fight was, like, the biggest event ever seen uh, in a um, YouTube uh, – biggest YouTube event? I didn't know that. And quite honestly, I don't care. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing. Um, I don't know what to say about it. I know. It. <laughs> I know. I know. But I do say – that uh, Devin Haney against Ryan Garcia would be a really good matchup. That's for sure. I like that fight. That 
That would be good. And I tell you, the other thing that I think would be interesting is uh, what Canelo does next, because um, as much as Billy Joe Saunders, you know, had the chance to, uh, you know, sort of make some uh, fans last night, I'm not sure he did, but he sure did uh, go a long way uh, to getting some forgiveness with that 11th round knockout. Um, and if you think about it, that's kind of what Canelo did last week. Looked sort of vulnerable for 10 rounds and then closed the show in, in exciting fashion in the 11th round. I don't so, com I, come on. We can't compare the two. L listen, the Kovalev Canelo fight was not a boring fight. It was hard to score, but I didn't think it was boring. I, I Maybe because we broke it down and, and <laughs> you know, did so much to it. You know, like, you know, they could have been, uh, you know, ironing in there. We would have, oh, my God, you see the way he's holding that iron, you know. But uh, uh, I, I thought it was exciting, and it, and it did lead up to – it wasn't anticlimactic. It, it led up no. to a climax. But the Billy Joe Saunders fight, that was like a snooze fest until it ended. You know, like – like it was hard to watch. I, I was not. As a matter of fact, I I could I couldn't tell you what happened in the middle rounds because I was sleeping. It, it it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, I think the Billy Joe Saunders fight was a little duller, but I definitely did think that Canelo. Uh, to me, Canelo was not as exciting as he has been in the past. That's I, for sure. I think. <laughs> I think. He needs Bivol. You know, he's doing everything, he's doing everything, um, you know, from a historical perspective. And I can't help but remember what Timothy Bradley and Dre said a couple weeks ago uh, about, well, you could either, you know, uh, form your legacy by fighting all the tough fights or you could carefully pick uh, your way and make a lot of money and collect the belts. You know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that's basically what they said. And uh, I think Canelo has already got his place in history. I think now it's time to show that he's not just cherry-picking like a Floyd Mayweather did towards the end of his career, but he wants to seek out the best challenges. I think out of the gate, uh, a Canelo-Bivol fight is very evenly matched. The guy's not going to be bigger. Uh, I love the fight. Yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting because if Bivol would certainly put some uh, power behind those jabs. Um, and with his, his youth and his confidence, I think um, he's going to throw a lot more punches at Canelo, um, and maybe we'll see more of what is the light heavyweight version of Canelo like uh, against a younger, more dangerous opponent. But I thought that Kovalev was fighting mostly, um, you know, was holding back because he was afraid of getting of, of return fire. I don't think Bivol will have the same situation. So yeah, I think that's a much better test of, of, you know, the light heavyweight Canelo. Yeah. And it'll give him a chance to eat some more beef and, uh, get, uh, <laughs> get in great shape. But Alex, great time, uh, in Vegas. I appreciate you coming on. We'll look forward to you next week, brother. Absolutely. Billy C. Good to talk to you. Peace. Take care. That's uh, my man, Alex Papali, uh, and we had a uh, good time out there. Um, I'm not going to take a break here. Uh, I will plug uh, my man, uh, uh, Kenny, and uh, Southern Gourmet Spice. Uh, get yourself a bottle of Kenny Bears right now. Tastes great uh, on everything. I like it on chicken. I like it on pizza, burgers. Burgers, it's the best. Uh, but uh, it's a rub, but I sprinkle it on as a, 
as a spice. SouthernGourmetSpice.com. Bottle of Kenny Bears. I got some other stuff. Make sure you tell them Billy C sent you and get the discount. Uh, I got some emails I got to catch up on, so let's get started with that. Uh, first and foremost, this one, this email was sent to me just before we went to Las Vegas. So it's a pre-fight, pre-Vegas email. And the email uh, uh, is from uh, um, the other Alex. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., I just checked out Canelo versus Kovalev episode. He's talking about our pre-fight episode. He says, you gave a lot of credit to the World Boxing Super Series fighters for putting their belts on the line in the cruiserweight and junior welterweight divisions. Uh, using this as an example of what Andre Ward and American fighters wouldn't do. But let's not forget the Super 6 where he disposed of Frotch and Kessler. Say what you want about Ward, but he won that tournament and he entered it uh, undefeated. Andre Durrell uh, also was in the uh, Super 6, although I think he pulled out for some BS reason. Yes, you're 100% right. Uh, Andre Ward uh, did fight the tough fights, and I thought that that put him... Uh, on the uh, block, so to speak, even though he was already a champion, I think it put him in the conversation. Uh, he did fight the Super 6. He did win the Super 6 tournament. And then he went on to have a couple other big fights before he hung it up, uh, no doubt. I was just never a big fan of him, not of him really, but of the fact that he made the wrong decision with his promotional outfit. If he would have been promoted uh, better early on, he would be a household name. Unfortunately, he is not. But uh, thanks for the email. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be. I'm just saying he wasn't. He was promoted incorrectly. Um, this one's from my man Rick. He says, hey, Billy C., uh, and this was after the fight. He says, last night's fight reminded me of Mayweather McGregor. I would say McGregor probably gave more of a spirited effort than Kovalev did. Very disappointed in Kovalev. If he was going to get KO'd like a sack of potatoes, he might as well have come to fight and go out on his shield rather than retreat and pour his way to victory. If you ask me, his entire legacy crumbled after last night's performance. Um, he says, did you catch your boy Cobbs? He's a pretty tough. He was, he was in a pretty tough fight, but I really enjoyed his trunks, paying tribute to my favorite band, Guns N' Roses. Don't think I've ever seen a fighter wearing trunks like that. Yeah, um... You know, Blair Cobbs is definitely a character. Keep your eye on him. As far as uh, Kovalev, you know, I, I'm telling you, I think he, I, I don't, you know, there's some comments in the chat room too feeling that he basically laid down and took a payday. Um, I, I, I don't think so. I think he was following his game plan. Uh, Buddy and, and Kathy Duva uh, both thought he could win a decision. He was winning on my scorecard. Uh you know, he was outboxing Canelo. It's just that he let Canelo get in, and it was kind of disheartening to see him crumble like a sack of potatoes. Um, it really was. He didn't get broken down. I think he ran out of gas. So, um, It's another email. It's from my man Jeff. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., I enjoyed your uh, show from Las Vegas, the pre-Canelo Kovalev. It was awesome interviews. Uh, it was really fun watching you with Bernard. Uh, you're the best boxing show, period. The UK would love your show. I would love, thanks, Jeff. I would love to do the show in the UK. I, I've been hoping that, you know, some uh, I'd get some fairy dust uh, to fund us to get out there. But, um, yes, I do think that this show would be a, a good match uh, in the UK. Um, the event was great. The interviews, hey, listen, if you guys haven't seen our uh 
week in Vegas, our pre-fight week in Vegas. Um, there's three episodes up on YouTube, part one, two, and three. Uh, you got to watch them. Part one is uh, a technical breakdown uh, of the fights. And at the end of that segment, we have uh, Blair, the Flair Cobbs with us in his funky shirt. It's worth the view. But then the second part is chock full of some great interviews. Um, we had uh, James Buddy McGurt, a Hall of Famer. Uh, we had uh, uh, Sergio Mora, uh, former world champion and now a commentator for the zone. And of course, uh, the beautiful uh, Kathy Duva. Uh, it was like I was in uh, high school uh, watching her, but uh, or talking with her, I should say. <laughs> you know, I was watching her too. But um, in any event, uh, great interviews. And then we closed the event with a a must watch and listen to uh, interview with uh, clearly first ballot uh, Hall of Famer Bernard Hopkins. What fun we had! Uh, he, I'm still sore. Uh, from that so uh, if you haven't watched those uh, definitely watch them and spread them around man help us uh, get some uh, uh, some more people through that uh, uh, platform uh, so uh, spread it around anyway um, this is from my man uh, Matt he says uh, hey Billy C I was happy to see the gang back in Vegas for a great fight between Canelo and Kovalev I say forget the haters it was fun Instead of talking uh, that bout, which I'm sure you'll do great scrutiny on the show, I'll talk another treasure. He said, I'd like to discuss the, the tremendous Dano Inio bout. Uh, the best way I could describe it, the bout is perfect. I have always loved watching Dano, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Donaire fight, and I've watched the Monsters uh, Ascension to pound, pound for pound status with great interest. To see a, such a back and forth fight, with intensity and respect between two fighters is something that elevates boxing beyond normal sports. It was all that I love in this sport, played out to the fullest, the highest respect for Donaire, a uh, tremendous exclamation point on what I consider a Hall of Fame career. The monster also overcame adversity and proved himself within the confines of our beloved square circle. To hear that crowd cheer for both combatants was a fantastic capping to what I considered uh, a fight of the year contender. There was truly no loser in this contest. In fantastic uh, uh, boxing bouts, there truly, there truly rarely is to see such a performance is what keeps the sweet science alive despite the uh, uh, divisions of the networks, the sanctioning bodies, and, of course, Al Heyman. The World Boxing Super Series has delivered in spades, and I personally can't wait for the uh, December 14th Cruiserweight Final I believe we're in for another treat. And in and in, in an even more interesting storyline, uh, the Monster has signed with Top Rank. I believe we'll see some great bouts ahead uh, with this star. Say what you want about the streaming age, but for boxing fans, it's been a treasure. In any case, uh, Billy C., let us enjoy the bouts to come. We have a great uh, end of year 2020 uh, for the uh, and a great 2020 coming up for the fight game. He says, by the way, come fishing in Western New York any day. Uh, Matt, I, I want to take you up on that. I know we tried last year, but this year for sure, give me a little notice and uh, I'll be there uh, I, for sure. I want to uh, go fishing with you in Western New York. Haven't uh, been spent, I spent plenty of time up there, but never uh, uh, fishing. Some other news I just want to mention. Uh, Wayne Hang Mayothin is now 54-0. and 0. He's the WBC minimum weight uh, champion. He improved to 54-0 and 0 
two weeks ago, and I just want to give a shout-out to him, 54-0. So all you people that think 15-0 is so great and, and just dismiss uh, fighters like uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, etc., uh, 54-0 right now. Um, Fury and Wilder are starting their uh, back and forth. This time, uh, Tyson Fury claims he's going to knock out Wilder. I don't think so. Another sickening thing, I've uh, it's been rumored that Floyd Mayweather is going to be taking on that UFC fighter, Kahib uh, Nurmagomedov, and I just murdered his name. Please, Floyd, don't do this. I know you make all this money doing it. Don't do it. It's not a real fight, and it makes me sick that people even would consider it uh, a real fight. It's, uh, it's sickening, uh, to say the least. Anyway, we got the official Canelo Kovalev press kit. We got a Talking Boxing with Billy C. t-shirt, and we have your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game, all waiting for you. I'm looking for the highest bidder. So drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. The highest bidder will win it all, uh, and we're looking for that. So this is not just for the live show. Anybody that's watching this uh, replay or listening to it on the radio, you got until next week. So you have until uh, November 17th. I will announce the winner next week uh, for... The highest bidder. You get an official Canelo Kovalev press kit. We got a Billy C. A t-shirt. And, of course, a uh, your own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game for the highest bidder, payable via, the, via either Super Chat or PayPal. But just bid now via email, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. I want to thank uh, my man Alex Papali. Uh, Dax Khan and of course Sal Rocky Senecola for joining me today. Uh, I want to remind you guys we're going to start talking about the big fights to close this year and what we can expect next year beginning with next week's show. It is the holiday season. Don't forget to get a copy of my book uh, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet. It's a great Christmas gift. Fits right in the stockings. Right in there. You know so get yourself a copy Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com both have it. Listen Make sure you tune in next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.